I want to read to you a passage tonight that you will hear. A passage that is familiar to us as we read the Passion story. Very early in the morning, the chief priests with the elders and the teachers of the law and the whole Sanhedrin reached a decision to put Jesus to death. They bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. So Pilate came out to them and asked, What charges are you bringing against this man? If he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone, the Jews objected. This happened that the words Jesus had spoken, indicating the kind of death he was going to die, would be fulfilled. Not exactly true. You know, there's a word, and it's a four-letter word, as four-letter words are. A four-letter word to the Jews that was more detestable to them than anything they could ever say. It was more evil than anything on the earth they could imagine, and there was no greater hatred in their minds than that four-letter word. R-O-M-E. Rome. Hear their words. Their words as they come before the governor, who they hated, who they despised, who was despicable in their sight. To a Jew, there was nothing worse that you could ever do than to hand over a countryman to the Romans, the oppressive, evil Romans. And yet they say, but we have no right to execute anyone. And I say again, not exactly true. I say that because I want you to think back for a few minutes. I want you to hear the words from John 8. Then the Jews said to him, You are not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. John 10. What my Father has given me is greater than all else, and no one can snatch it out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. The Jews took up stones again to stone him. And Jesus replied, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of these are you going to stone me? The Jews answered, It is not for good work that we are going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, though only being a human being, are making yourself God. Think back to a woman that was caught in adultery, where they had picked up stones and brought her to Jesus to stone her. And think back to the first Christian martyr, Stephen, who professed his faith 
and died while being stoned. So what's my point? You see, the Jewish leaders had no problem putting someone to death by stoning them for whatever the accusation was, whatever the law of Moses allowed. They did it again and again. But we know what John wrote to say that this was to fulfill the scriptures. But more than that, I think we need to understand tonight the hatred that the Jewish leaders had for Jesus. So great was their hatred that they would do the most unthinkable thing that anybody in Judaism could ever do. Hand over a countryman to the Romans. You know, everyone was shocked at that. If we look around the crucifixion as those who stood at the cross, as those who found out what had happened that day, the next day, all we see is bewilderment and astonishment and that they cannot believe that this has happened. No one would hand over a fellow Jew to Rome. So what brought them to such a place, to such hatred, for this man. I mean, Jesus preached often, and they knew that there were things that he said that they didn't like. But what drove them to such a pinnacle of hatred that they would hand him over to Rome to be crucified? I want to go back for a moment and look at the week we've just experienced in Jesus' time. We know how it began last Sunday, Palm Sunday. As Jesus rode from Bethany some two miles away from Jerusalem on that donkey with people calling out, Hosanna, Hosanna to the Son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You remember then what Caiaphas the high priest said? Look, this is getting us nowhere. The whole world is going after him. But there are events I want to examine tonight with you. Events that took place after Sunday that ratcheted up their hatred in such a way that there was no other thing they can do than to give him to the filthy Romans. On Monday, Jesus came back to the temple from staying in Bethany for the evening. And as he arrives at the temple on Monday, This is the day that he walks in and he finds the money changers in the court of the Gentiles. The place where the Gentiles were able to come to worship God. He fashions a whip out of different cords and drives them from the place. Not only moving them out of that area, but affecting those Jewish leaders in their pocketbook. Because they got a percentage of all that was sold. At the same time, in the temple courts, there were children chanting about Jesus. Chanting to him, saying, Hosanna. And they told him, stop, stop those children from saying this. And Jesus went on to quote to them, Psalm 8, Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and infants, you have founded a bulwark because of your foes. To silence the enemy and the avenger. They knew that those children spontaneously were fulfilling that scripture in their midst. Jesus, their enemy, 
was the one that psalm was about. He had to be stopped. In fact, the word that's used when they heard this, when Jesus retorted, is they wanted to destroy him. But they were afraid of the crowd. So Jesus went home again to his home away from where he stayed in Capernaum to Bethany to be with his friends Mary and Martha and Lazarus whom he had raised from the dead to spend the night. And Tuesday, he came back to the temple. And as he arrived at the temple, it's the time that they said to him, by what authority are you doing these things? And so Jesus, we know, asked them a question in retort about John the Baptist and his authority. And they are caught in their own trap in that moment, not knowing what to say because if they criticize John, the people will be against him. And if they raise up John, they'll be asked, why didn't you listen to him? Jesus then begins two parables to tell them. One about a man who has two sons. And he comes to them and he says to the first son, go and work in the vineyard. He says, yes, but he doesn't do it. And the second son who says, no, Father, I won't, but eventually does. And Jesus says to these leaders, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering heaven before you. And then he tells them a parable about a vineyard. They know what a vineyard is symbolic of. It's Israel and they as leaders. And it's the parable where the owner of the vineyard sends worker after worker to collect his due. They are mistreated and finally says, I will send my son. Certainly he will be respected. And he's killed and put out. And they know that he is talking about them. And then he quotes the psalm, the stone that the builders rejected has become the chief capstone, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Again, they wanted to destroy him, but they feared the people. So they decide in that day on Tuesday that they will test him. And first they come to him and hold up the Roman coin and ask him about paying taxes. And he pushes them away by simply saying, Render to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. So they try again, and the Sadducees come at him still this same day to test him on the resurrection of someone married and whose wife they will, husband they will be in the resurrection. And he puts down the Sadducees. And then the Pharisees come at him to test him, to ask, Which is the greatest commandment? And he answers correctly. And then he gives them a question. Whose son is the Messiah? Is he David's or is he God's? And they struggle with an answer. And then the final straw on Tuesday for them will be Jesus starts on a series of seven woes against them in front of the people. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because of what you do to widows, of your hypocrisy, of your evil, of your show, of empty religion, and all you do to prevent people from worshiping God. They're seething with anger at him. And Jesus leaves the temple on Tuesday to not return again. Spends the rest of the day teaching his disciples 
on Tuesday and Wednesday through parables on the Mount of Olives. Well, we know the rest of the week. We know how in that week Judas was found and they agreed with him that he would betray Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, though never realizing underneath their show to him of what they wanted, how Jesus had to be stacked, that they had such hatred in their hearts to hand him over to the Romans to be crucified. And we know that when Judas figures that out and finds out what had happened, he is so overwhelmed with guilt that he goes and hangs himself. On Thursday, as we celebrated yesterday, Jesus was together with his disciples to celebrate the Passover and give to them this last moment in their presence, a legacy that would flow from them throughout the ages down to us. The New Testament, a legacy of forgiveness and hope through his true body and blood. They would then go to the garden. And in the late hours of the evening, Judas would come and kiss him and betray him. He would be arrested and brought to trial with the Sanhedrin, a trial in the evening, a trial that by the law of Moses was illegal because no one was ever supposed to be tried at night. And then very early in the morning, before anyone else was awake or knew what was taking place, those words that we started with, they took him to the governor's palace and handed him over to Rome on a pretense, on a lie. And again and again, Pilate came back to them to say he was innocent, he was innocent, he was innocent. He would not execute Jesus for this crime. And their hatred boiled over as they screamed and hollered for his death to be crucified again and again. And Pilate, shrinking back, gave up and washed his hands. And by the time everybody was up and in the day, the thoughts running through their head were, how could they? What had happened? Our leaders wouldn't allow something like this. What has happened to the Messiah? This is impossible. This is a scandal. We know those words. And we're about to hear the entire journey once again as we follow to the cross and witness Jesus' suffering and death. But I want to remind you that as you sit there tonight, maybe you're tempted to say, how could they hate him so much? And we might gauge their sin as worse than any we have done. But I want to read you words from one of the hymns that we sing. You who think of sin but lightly, nor suppose the evil great. Here may view its nature rightly. Here its guilt may estimate. Mark the sacrifice appointed. See who bears the awful load. Tis the word, the Lord's anointed.
Son of Man and Son of God. Jesus died for that hatred, for their sin. And he died for yours and mine. All equal, all guilty, all worthy of death. He paid the price so that we might be free. Let us journey with him to the cross once again and hear his words.